Welcome to the Outdoor Feast by Modern Carnivore. If you're new to hunting, fishing, or foraging, we welcome you to the conversation. Get ready for stories and insights that start in the Northeast, but range to the South, Far West, and wide open spaces in between. Now, here's your host, Todd Waldron. Welcome to the Outdoor Feast. This is Todd Waldron. Thanks so much for joining us this week. First, I'm going to say that I'm thankful and excited to be working with Modern Carnivore and the great community that Modern Carnivore has created to be able to bring this podcast to you and to be able to share stories with our guests as they talk about their hunting and fishing and foraging and mentorship journeys and how that's helped them connect to the outdoors, how it's helped them connect to responsible food, how it's helped them connect to themselves. I'm totally excited about this podcast in general, and this week we're starting things off with a conversation with Shane Rogers of Rooted in Vermont. And if there is a locavore scene in the eastern United States, it's in Vermont. So stay tuned. I hope you like this conversation. Shane and I are talking a little bit about his personal hunting journey, how he came to Rooted in Vermont, all of the partners and the incredible programs that Rooted in Vermont has, including librarian programs and hunter and angler, wild food events and farm to table events and open farm week and bringing healthy meals to school children during the summer months and what all that means. I really appreciate you listening. We've also got some great podcasts coming down the pike here soon. I would sure appreciate it if you go over and subscribe wherever you listen. Make sure if you're if you're on Facebook and you haven't liked the Modern Carnivore Facebook page yet, please do that and you'll be able to stay tuned with what we're doing and you'll be able to hear about all of the great work that Modern Carnivore is doing in general. So here goes. I hope you like this conversation with Shane Rogers. And uh, we'll be bringing a lot more to you here soon. I'm going to lead into this podcast by saying that for those of us that uh, are familiar with the locavore movement, you'll see that it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Like if you think about what a locavore movement might mean, you might think of uh, farm-to-table events. You might think of CSAs, community-supported agriculture. You might think of uh, farmers' markets. And then, of course, there's the traditional types of activities as well, like on a personal level, like with hunting, fishing, farming, and foraging and everything. And uh, I'm also going to say that if you can think of a place in the Northeast that the locavore movement can be epitomized, I think it's in Vermont. So I am thrilled here today to have Shane Rogers with Rooted in Vermont um, on the podcast. Shane, how are you today? Good, Todd. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. Yeah, it's great to catch up. Uh, I love what you folks are doing with Rooted in Vermont. So for the listeners, just tell us a little bit. We'll just get started. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved and and what Rooted in Vermont is, and then we can talk a little bit about some of the cool things you're doing. Sure. Uh, So just to start off, Rooted in Vermont is a program of the Vermont Farm to Plate Network. And the Vermont Farm to Plate Network is comprised of about 350 different organizations, businesses, agencies that are all working towards Vermont's food system plan. So everything from, you know, the crops that are grown to the dirt that they're grown in to the trucks that take it to the stores and restaurants and to the compost that is created afterwards. And what Rooted in Vermont is, it's a campaign to really help Vermonters see and feel like local food is for them 
no matter which way they do it. So we celebrate things like hunting and fishing. We celebrate things like foraging and gardening and bartering or just, you know, picking up a block of Cabot cheddar at the local grocery store because that's all that fits in the budget for the week or that's all you have time for. So we want people to really feel like local food is something for them, and we want them to be able to see it in their day-to-day lives. So did you say 350 partners? There are I mean, tons of them. That's a lot of partners. I mean, that's like this really comprehensive all people on deck. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, and we've seen the awards reaped from being able to help coordinate all of those folks to be able to work towards like one system goal. Um, So for instance, when we started this back in 2010, um, only about 5% of the food that was purchased here in Vermont was from local sources. Um, And as of 2017, that number has jumped up to 13.9%, which is about $313 million worth of local food being purchased in that year. That's incredible. Yeah. and And that is honestly because of all the hard work that those businesses, agencies, and organizations have done. Um, and Rooted in Vermont is really trying to keep that number going because we understand that, you know, local food has a place to play in everybody's life. And the more local food that's being bought, the better it is for Vermont's economy, the better it is for New England, the better it is for the environment. And really, we just want folks to be able to enjoy what we all know is already awesome to begin with. So it's awesome. So and how did you get involved with all of this then? <laughs> Um, so I, man, my, my, my journey into local food started when I started writing about it as a a journalist. Um, I was working in Cleveland and then Washington DC, and I always had an interest in agriculture and food and like what was going into your body. And as I figured out that I didn't want to do journalism anymore, I started looking for a position that would allow me to help communicate about local food and help those folks that are trying really hard to make a difference in the food system. Um, So I ended up moving from inner city Washington, D.C. to rural Newport, Vermont, which is about five minutes from the Canadian border. Um, And to say that those two places are different would be vast understatement. But it was there that I was able to work for a small nonprofit called Green Mountain Farm to School. And that's how I actually got plugged into the Vermont Farm to Plate Network is because they were one of those folks that were working within the network to help make the food system better. And I was able to help create Rooted in Vermont through that position. And then when the position came open, I threw my hat in the ring and was lucky enough to get it. Yeah, what an incredible opportunity. I mean, talk about, I mean, from a standpoint of your background, from what you've been working on, and then to be able to work with so many partners on so many different levels, like from community members to farmers to hunters and anglers agencies you know businesses that are in vermont it's pretty cool and that's one of my favorite my favorite parts about it is is hearing people's stories so i get the pleasure of being able to go all around the state and because we get to focus as rooted in vermont on those things like hunting and fishing and foraging and we encourage people to tell us their stories they actually are like spilling about like you know how they used to go out into the woods with their grandfather or you know how they used to collect the eggs from the chickens from their grandmother's backyard. So it's been a lot of fun these past couple of years to be able to collect those stories and then also help them plug into the local food movement in a way that they maybe weren't able to before because they never thought it was for them. And 
the reality is that everybody has a seat at this table. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little more because I think that deserves some attention. So it's really super cool that we have this this local food scene and you've got businesses partnered up with hunters and anglers who are stakeholders, not only, you know, from a, the quality of food, the kind of the independence and self-reliance of getting your own food and all the satisfaction with that, but also the contribution to landscapes and habitat and everything like that. So this is pretty cool. So like, how did that go from like this whole concept um, to this movement that it is today? And how did you end up engaging hunters and anglers into this model that's so cool? It's funny, Todd, because now that we have been engaging hunters and anglers and we've been working with Vermont Fish and Wildlife, it just seems like that, like, duh moment. Because when we look back on it and we look at the work, everything is related so closely. Um, you know, it's the local vor movement and those who are out there hunting and angling for their food or just for sport. They love the land that they're on. They live in Vermont because of that reason. They're working to conserve parts of that working landscape or the land that they, you know, tromp through in the winter for their uh, deer hunting season. And it's just one of those natural things that these two groups go hand in hand. And now that we've been able to draw that connection, we've just opened up this whole box of opportunities. I, I mean, we over the summer did these wild food cooking seminars. And it was hosted at three spots around Vermont where we had people who have never gone hunting and fishing with people who have grown up hunting and fishing, sharing and swapping recipes and lessons on how best to flay a fish and how to cook bear meatballs and how to make marinara sauce. And that conversation that was just flowing back and forth over a food dish was just exactly what we were looking for. And as we continue with this work, our real hope is, you know, to be able to have those conversations continue because while sometimes you may think that there's a huge difference between you and somebody else, the reality is that those differences are much smaller than you could ever imagine. Yeah, that is so true. And I like your approach, you know, the approach of sharing a meal with people to start a conversation is like one of the most powerful things we can do. When you're, you're sitting down talking about the food, how it lived and where it came from and what it takes to sustain it on the landscape and who's involved and what it contributes back to Vermont, it's like such a powerful conversation. Like when you look at people who are starting hunting as adults and they're, you ask you know, what their, their thought process in terms of what, why they're doing it, it's like so many times it's this connection with my food. You know, it's like I want to have this uh, connection with the landscape, with outdoors, and to have this opportunity to participate in my food, to know where it comes from. And so it's like a perfect segue to Rooted in Vermont dealing with uh, hunters and anglers who are trying to get started. Yeah. And I mean, Todd, I am one of those like adult onset hunters. <laughs> I had never, I hadn't grown up around it. I had gone fishing with my dad, you know, when I was little, but we never ate it. And it honestly wasn't until I started working um, as that Rooted in Vermont project manager and really seeing how connected to the landscape and how connected to the food those types of activities were that I was able to develop that desire to learn. And what I've found um, personally is just this amazing community that's willing to take you out into the woods to show you the ropes. And if there was anything that I thought I couldn't do, it probably was to go hunting. 
And I've had some great mentors now um, that I've met through Rooted in Vermont and through this work that have shown me that that barrier to entry is actually a lot lower. And I hope also in return, you know, I've been able to show them, you know, like it's not too hard to like cook some sourdough if you really want to or, you know, pick up your favorite jar of salsa from your farmer's market. Yeah, that is so great on so many different levels. And the opportunity to have mentors is really important when you're getting started. So for people to participate in that and to have structured events like you're talking about with the wild food cooking, but then to just have a community around it as well, that's a little like, you know, that's not as formal, but that's they're there to support your journey yeah. and to be able to just like get you out and work with you and answer questions and, and enjoy the experience with the outdoors. It's really pretty amazing. So what's your hunting journey been like this year? And then we want to get back to the program here, like as far as like what you're doing with Rooted in Vermont with some specific events and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, what was that like for you? So I'm very proud to say that I caught my first trout and filleted and cooked it up that very same day. Um, so I was very excited for that. And that was um, because of being able to take some of the free courses that Vermont Fish and Wildlife offers. And my hunting journey has been fun. I've gone out turkey hunting um, this past spring, but I didn't yield any results. But the the woman that I went out with was amazing. You know, we got up at the crack of dawn and ventured out. And uh, we actually, I, the only thing that we did find was we found a pheasant back mushroom. But we heard the turkeys around. They were coming. And like I said, it mostly showed me that uh, the barrier to entry really, really isn't that that tall. Yeah. Um, and it was a nice time to spend out in the woods. Um, it was what I enjoyed to do just with like a little bit of added, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of added fun to it. Turkey season is great. Those are early mornings, but like, you, you know what I love the most about it is like hearing the birds starting to count, like how many different bird songs I can count. And I don't even know which birds are singing, but like, you can tell, like I have this little thing of like, as the morning wakes up, like just hearing the birds and like the different birds at different times and stuff. And it's just such a cool time of day. It's it's early, but it's it's a, an amazing time of year after being, you know, inside all winter. And, uh, you know, the other thing that is that, like, you're talking about the entry barrier, Shane, and it's like, you know, if you looked on social media or if you watch TV um, and you weren't a hunter and you didn't come from a hunting background, it could be pretty intimidating to figure out, like, what do I actually need? It can be kind of technically complex, but, like, what you're saying is, like, it doesn't have to be that complex if you're warm and dry you know and earth tones and you can get started with it you find somebody that does it you know you can work into more of that technical stuff as time goes on and you figure out what you like yeah and i would even go as far as to say that's another reason that that local war movement and the hunting and angling is so closely related because i've talked to a lot of people as well that are like oh the local food that's not for me that's not what i do and just like with hunting and angling, you know, it's, oh, that's not, I don't do that. But sometimes people just need that helping hand to be offered out. And that's what we're hoping to do with Rooted in Vermont. And that's what I've been seeing the conversation shifting in these different communities as well, is that, you know, if we want to preserve the life that we love, especially here in Vermont and New England, you know, we have to be a, just as welcoming with our arms open um, and inviting people into love the activities that we love. So do you think there's perceptions out there um, like barriers that need to be overcome about like when people when people think about local food, 
do they are there like what are they like are there perceptions that like oh okay it's uh, going down to the shishi restaurant or something like that 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 you've worked through to like clarify those um, those perceptions and, and educate folks? Certainly. Um, you know, we, we say it's, it's not local food is not just $15 hamburgers and $10 beers, right? Cause for a lot of people, that's just not, that's not an accessible thing. Um, let alone weekly or once a month. And the reality is, is that local food is about, um, you know, the back strap that you pull from your freezer. It's about the mushroom that you found in your backwoods. Um, it's about the corn that you grew in your garden, um, like I said, or it's about that Cabot brick of cheese that you have in your fridge because you grew up eating Cabot and you know the Cabot farmer down the road. Um, what we're really trying to do with Rooted in Vermont is break down those barriers that you said because um, it's not pretentious. Local food shouldn't be pretentious or inaccessible. It should be available for everybody. And that sense of community that pops up around food, I think, is probably our best bet into letting people know that they should be coming to the table, too, because not just because they should, but because we want them there. Yeah, um, it's something that on a lot of different levels, whether it's like you'd mentioned, like having a garden and having corn in your garden. Like when I was a kid, we didn't think of ourselves as locavores, but we had shell beans and we had potatoes and I spent summers picking potato bugs and stuff and, you know, all of that. But it can be on, a, on an individual or family level. It can be supporting your friends in the community, the businesses. Um, you know, I we went to a cheese festival, one of the cheese festivals over in Shelburne last year. That was fun. You know, a lot of Vermont cheeses and different Vermont products. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can go about this. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is you don't have to eat 100% local food. Uh, first off, if you ate 100% local food, like come January, February, you would probably get scurvy because you just don't have enough of the nutrients that you want. Um, but, you know, that's just not the reality. Like have an avocado. You know, what's the problem with being able to eat? those foods that you love as well while throwing in a couple extra local items when you're at the grocery store or bartering with your neighbor who you know goes out deer hunting and has way too much venison in their freezer easy it's it's all it's almost as easy as that and that's that's really what we that's really what we want folks to see and to help them draw that connection between that yeah it's a really good point because it can be incremental it doesn't have to be all you know all or nothing as you say right so just just having baseline awareness of it and being able to support local food and local businesses where you can, where it makes sense, when you can. You know, everything is incrementally helpful, right? Everything contributes to, to your Vermont economy. Everything contributes to, you know, healthy landscapes. So it all works on a lot of different levels where people are, where they're coming from. Yeah. And like like you said, everything contributes. If you decide that you don't want to do any of it, that's okay, too. But also, if you just decide that you want to do the one thing, it really does like go as far as helping. Because I think there's there's something like sixty five. Um, oh, I'm sorry, sixty five hundred new jobs that were created in the food economy like this year. And your small purchases or your acts of like local food um, activities goes directly to help support that. Which are your friends and families and neighbors? That's like the best part to me is that. It's truly a community-oriented thing, and 
arguably the food tastes much better because you know <laughs> you probably know who actually helped make it or put it in the package yeah so i mean when you start talking about stuff like that it's so impactful in the terms of not just having healthy food that you know where it came from so there's angles here like there's the angle of like okay i feel good because i'm eating healthy food and i know where it came from and that's like a something that i think a lot of us have this mindset or this ethic of like trying to know where our food comes from right but then i mean you start throwing numbers out like that and it, you know it's the quality of the food and everything but it's impactful in terms of the what you're doing here with the local economy it's helping the economy in vermont it's helping communities stay solvent and sustainable and then it's helping landscapes it's helping the environment because you've got food here it's not being transported halfway around the world to get here. Absolutely. Know? And our working landscapes here in Vermont, um, you know, that people love the working landscape. That's how we get so many tourists just want to come and they want to see, you know, the cows and the red barns and they want to see the woods and the forest. And uh, part of that is so closely intertwined with our local food systems that it is imperative for us to be able to preserve that and to make sure that that thrives and that that flourishes or else we're going to end up losing it. And in turn, we'll also end up losing those amazing local food products that, you know, we're lucky enough to sit here and talk about right now. Yeah. And so talk about some of your programs. You know, the last time when you and I were prepping for this, you uh, we talked a little bit about exploring food in your backyard with some of the partnerships that you have throughout the communities in Vermont, which is incredible. We talked about Vermont Open Farm Week and Hunger Free Vermont. So you want to talk a little, just touch on a little bit of that, Shane? I will never pass up the opportunity to tout all the great work uh, that we're doing with our partners. Um, and one of the best things I think about food is that it is so versatile. So like, for instance, uh, we've been partnering up with the Vermont Department of Libraries to do what food is in your backyard week. And the librarians have been amazing. You know, we had over 25 events take place over this one week in October where uh, they had all their community members come in and the librarians brought in game wardens. They brought in, you know, master gardeners. They did apple walks, um, really anything that people can think of. A whole potluck bingo supper. Um, so it was really, really cool to see um, the community kind of come together around that type of food and then also learn a few things um, from the experts that they were able to bring in the room. And I mean, going on that, there's so much to continue to explore with local food. And that's why I also love uh, Vermont Open Farm Week, which you mentioned, because it's every August we have farms across the state that open up their barn doors and they allow visitors to come in on the farm to see the cows, sheep, and goats, to see how their food is grown, to do burger nights, to do tours of their woods where, you know, they may also be doing maple sugaring. Um, so that whole agritourism aspect and being able to really get close to your food um, has been an awesome boost to this local war scene. It made it a lot more accessible for folks. Um, and... One of my favorite programs that I've been able to work on, and even since I moved to Vermont, uh, we used to work on it, is that summer food service program. And we were able to partner up with Rooted. Uh, Rooted in Vermont was able to partner up with Hunger Free Vermont uh, to really help promote free summer meals in the summer. Um, and Hunger Free Vermont does an amazing job of getting the word out because during the summer, uh, those folks who find themselves on free or reduced lunch during the school year they're out three months without necessarily access to a nutritional meal. 
And there are community members all across the state and all across this country that are really stepping up to provide that type of nutritional and healthy meal that those kids need to retain knowledge, to have a safe space to hang out during the summer, um, and to really just get the fuel that they need to continue being kids. So uh, we were really proud to be able to help get that out and get the word out more um, and see, hopefully see those uh, meal participation rates uh, continue to go up because, you know, ultimately when it comes to doing rooted in Vermont type of things, it's all about supporting your local community. And I don't know of really any better way that you could support your local community aside from feeding, you know, the kids that are part of it and that are going to be the next generation. Making that tangible connection between nutrition and education and health and everything like that for the kids. I mean, it's a great investment. Absolutely. And uh, it's a win-win. And I'll just say that like the, the, what you were talking about with um, Vermont Open Farm Week is so cool in the sense that like when you talk to people, as, as society becomes more urban, right? As society becomes more urban and we move away from having direct hands-on activities with our food, the opportunity for people to go and visit a farm and to actually learn what's going on and see it firsthand, I think is huge, right? It's huge to be able to, to be able to see and to be able to make that connection with how how farms work and you know to be able to make that personal connection with that particular farmer and their family and then you know to be able to because that's i think a big part of uh when i when i look at people who are interested in local food it's a big part of it it's like knowing how that works and what the sustainable nuts and bolts are behind it so being able to get out there and just see what's happening is huge and then the i mean the hunger free vermont is just an incredible program you know the last time we were prepping we were talking about food equity and everything like that and so in your perspective just in in really basic terms um how does how does rooted in vermont contribute to food equity what is food equity how does local food contribute to it in your opinion and that's that's a great question um i mean Food, food equity is this belief that, you know, we hold at the Vermont Farm to Plate Network and rooted in Vermont and with our partners like the Hunger Free Vermont Organization is that everybody deserves access to local and healthy food. It shouldn't matter your income level. It shouldn't matter where you live. Um, you deserve to have access to food that is going to make you not only like a better student or a better person, but someone that's going to make you healthy. Um, and that's that's basically the, the, the one tenet that you need to know when it comes to food equity. Um, and it's working with those organizations like Hunger Free Vermont that um, I think Rooted in Vermont does some of its most impactful work um, because we're helping to get the word out about local food. And I think sometimes, well, oftentimes, it can be easy to forget about how local food actually should and can touch every single person here in the state. And the, the, the ramifications of that are absolutely huge. Like when you look at larger problems in society, like when we talk about health care, for instance, you know, burgeoning cost of health care and providing health care for, for Americans. Like if you think about that very basic level of being proactive to, to keep people healthy in the first place, it's it's uh it's like that's the foundation right so it's like that's the most proactive approach that you can take in terms of like trying to to look at those bigger problems and wrangle with them they're so complex 
but like starting something like that and providing quality food for people and a chance to be healthy. And that's, yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think, and that's like some of the work even outside of Rooted in Vermont that the Farm to Plate Network does. Like we just came out with this amazing local food planning guide that really helps those, um, those towns that want to prioritize local food access into their town plans, helps them walk step by step through the things that they need to do to be able to get their municipalities to be able to focus in and then therefore make that an institutionalized thing. Yeah. So that that whole component of the food, of the local food scene is just, it's a pretty amazing thing to see. And um, there's so many hardworking people that are putting in a lot of hours and a lot of time and dedicating a lot of themselves to making sure that that's not just a reality for, you know, those who have more than enough, but making sure that accessing local food is a reality for everyone. Yeah. Very cool. And so what do you look forward to? Like with uh, Vermont food coming up here to Vermont, being here for a while, like what do you look forward to season to season with some of the local food here? Oh, man. So I personally, I've gotten really into mushroom foraging. So I spent this past spring, summer and fall, um, you know, head down in the woods, uh, really gathering as many types of mushrooms that I could positively ID. So that's definitely something that I've been watching out the window as the snow comes down, just thinking about how, you know, the morels and the chanterelles and uh, the porcinis are going to be popping up soon enough. And that'll be... um, that's going to be a lot of fun to be out there. Um, and then, I mean, as for as for seasonal produce, Todd, I mean, that's just such a hard question because arguably anything in season tastes better. Um, and especially if you grow it yourself or you know who grew it, it just like adds that like extra special flavor in there. Um, but I definitely say I look, I probably look forward to tomatoes and hot peppers the most, probably because they're such a short season. If I had all the time and resources and I could dedicate it to, I would just take cherry tomatoes and like go hand them out to everybody yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in oh, the yeah. middle of August. So when my wife and I first got together, we had cherry tomatoes uh, like in hanging baskets on our porch and she couldn't figure out why they were never ripening, <laughs> but they were never ripening because I was eating the ripe ones before she got home from work. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> so it's like, there's this big, big you know, puzzle that was solved right then when I had to fess up and tell her yeah, like, my, how good they were. My partner, um, she's probably counts herself lucky that we have a community garden plot away from the house. So I can't yeah. just go through and <laughs> so you can't raid it. at yeah, will. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. And so like, and what else do you want to talk about then? Like some, any other programs that you've got going on or anything, any angle that you think is really interesting and unique, um, that people might not know just from seeing on a basic level. Yeah. I I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that Vermont has this reputation as this like local vor Mecca, right? We have like the amazing craft beer and everyone knows about the farmer's markets and um, everyone who's in the hunting and angling community as well. You know, like they know about the great woods that you can walk through and what really makes that come together, though, is this sense of community and camaraderie that everybody seems to have together. Um, Vermonters, out of a lot of people, I think, are in it together. And the reason that our food system 
here in the state and as it starts to branch out is as strong as it is, is because a lot of really smart and strong people have dedicated their time. And if there was anything that I would want to leave your listeners with, it's that no matter where you are and what you're doing, we're going to be stronger off together. We have to be able to work together to be able to make our food system stronger, to be able to support the farmers in our communities, to be able to preserve the lands that you know we hunt and fish on and tap maple sugar on. Um, because as you mentioned, as things kind of urbanize and you know the different types of uh, trends shift, um, sometimes we may see them shifting away from that type of life that we love and cherish here in Vermont. So it's really going to take all of us coming together um, and working together to make sure that next generation can also appreciate and the generation after that can appreciate the things that we know and love. Yeah, that's really articulate. It's really well said. And I'll, I'll also say one thing, you know, from somebody that's across the pond, you know, from Lake Champlain, just like looking over, I think Vermont, does an incredible job with your landscapes like from a conservation angle so this all ties back to conservation sustainable landscapes right so you have some incredible landscapes with the spine of the green mountains the champlain valley the northeast kingdom the connecticut river and like just from looking kind of over here like the the partners that um, work on that stuff like the private landowners the forest landowners the sugaring people the farmers and then like land trusts like TNC, Nature Conservancy and Vermont Land Trust and everything. So um, all of all of that is it, it works together. Right. So you're like you're having these sustainable uh, food economies. You're having um, the opportunity to hunt and fish and recreate clean water, open space and working landscapes. And so it's like I can't think of any other state around the northeast that I think does it better than one, what you're doing in Vermont. I wish I could take all the credit in the world for that. Um, no, I, I mean, it really it, it really is everybody. And I think there's there's a dedication here in the state that, um, you know, I think we're seeing people look to Vermont to be able to figure out how to continue to do that because they also have fallen in love with their own landscapes, whatever state they're in, and they want to make sure that they're around. Um, and like I said, it, it just really takes everybody and everybody working in concert together. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, why haven't hunters and anglers and the local vores been talking more? Um, because that perceived difference seems really big. But yeah. and like, how so? Like in like in your experience, like what do you think people's perspectives are on that, Shane? Yeah, I think I just think that. As we as we grow up and, you know, develop our interests and hobbies, you know, sometimes it's easy to get pigeonholed into looking and thinking one way. And what that does is it just doesn't allow us to see some of those easy connections, because what we've been able to prove with Root in Vermont and what is we have been able to see time and time again is that really those connections are a lot smaller than we could have ever imagined. And all it took was for us to start having a conversation about it. And it was as easy as that, um, just having a conversation. And really, you know, I love being able to say, like, bring everybody to the dinner table because not only does everyone deserve access to that dinner table, but we're all going to be able to learn something and be better off by sitting with everybody. It's really well said. And so how can people 
find Rooted in Vermont. And like anything, you're on social media, right? Website stuff. Talk a little bit about that. Any programs that you've got coming up that you're looking forward to this spring and summer? Yeah. So uh, we're on all the social media and our handle on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is at Rooted in Vermont. How you hear it um, is how you spell it. Um, You can also visit www.rootedinvermont.org and that'll take you to some more information about what we're doing. We're uh, launched just now, right before we had this conversation, I sent an email launching a We Want More Local Food campaign. So we're asking folks in the state to let us know what type of local food they want to see more of in the grocery stores and the corner stores and um, really all across the state. And as for up and coming, you know, we talked about the free summer meals program. I'm really looking forward to being able to dive into that again this summer. Um, and one of the nice things about this job is, you know, we hear the stories about local food over and over and over again from these folks. Um, and we're really going to be focusing this year on helping to tell more of those stories and be able to weave in these narratives that we're hearing over and over again, but aren't necessarily hearing on the media landscape. And as a former journalist, that's not a knock on the media at all. Just as resources are strained, sometimes it just take someone else to be able to help tell that story. And the storytelling is so important and so powerful. And, uh, you know, so I'll give you an example. Like I just came uh, Syracuse last week with backcountry hunters and anglers was out there. And uh, we, you know, the storytelling aspect from the outdoors is so compelling. Uh, we did a public grouse film fest with Project Upland and being able to share stories about, and this was in film format, Shane, but like being able to share those powerful stories about being out on the landscape and being with the dogs and being, you know, in the bird woods and everything. it reaches people. And like when you get into that, those personal stories about why people do what they do and what it means to them with their food and how they've been able to connect with their, themselves and the outdoors and quality food and their health and to be able to kind of take personal responsibility and direction for their life. Like those stories are incredible. They Yeah. And we we lucky we're lucky enough to partner up with our local chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers um, and Vermont Fish and Wildlife and we did a whole wild food storytelling night um, at one of the breweries in Burlington and we had uh, dozens of people who came to hear some keynotes and then we had people throw their own stories into the ring too so it's definitely helps people connect in a way that I don't think they realize until they hear the story that they would connect with yeah it's great it's great stuff so keep up the good work and I think uh all Vermonters have a stake in this right so it, and if you're not in Vermont if you're in Minnesota if you're in Ohio you know you can look at a program like this and you presumably may already be doing some cool stuff like this but take a look at rooted in vermont and see the huge success that you've got with all your partners with all the cool programs i mean honestly pulling people in the libraries into this conversation is so incredibly smart and it's just like it just kind of shows it demonstrates how how embedded this is in in vermont because it's like it takes everybody and it like it, it's an amazing kind of model that you've got here. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And honestly, to your listeners that are outside of the state, like go have a conversation in your library. I, librarians are some of the coolest people that I've met. And also, like just buy a local product, no matter what state you're from. Um, it really does the heart good. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I'm looking forward to. So this is uh, early February, and 
in New York over in the Adirondacks where I live, March is an incredibly exciting time with the sugaring. You know, so we have um, local producers that are family operated businesses. And so they have a tour in March. You know, the sap's going to be running pretty soon and you can go into their sugar houses and there's a whole variety of technology you know you go right from the small sugar house that's the the family to some bigger producers with the you know the tubing and the you know reverse osmosis and everything like that but what an exciting thing to, to participate in and to learn about and uh, maple syrup is incredible and it's even better when like it's 10 miles from your house and you know the folks that made it absolutely know? so regardless of the time of year uh, you can find things that are fun and uh, support your local uh, farmers, support your local landowners and businesses as well. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. So, Shane, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. It's been fun and um, looking forward to rolling this one out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Todd. Honestly, um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Outdoor Feast podcast. You can check out our other podcast and more at modcarn.com.